Hello and welcome to the World Cricket Show, the world's favourite cricket show. Back on the air this week, despite genuinely disheartening popular demand. My name is Adam Bayfield and I'll be your host for this one. And with me, as always, is none other than Tony Kerr. Good afternoon. How's it going, Tony? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad, thanks. Yeah? Steady. Are you uh, disappointed to be doing this not on the beach? Well, it's been a while, hasn't it? And we've kind of let summer slip away. And uh, yeah, we're basically now we're, we're locked up. We're inside. I know, we sort of, we, well, you wanted us to make it our thing. Well, yeah, don't, we just I mean, become don't, this, the beach cricket podcast and always record on the beach. But yeah, I mean, that, don't, don't give our big ideas away to, <laughs> to all the listeners. Uh, I mean, to, to be fair, it's actually quite a nice day. Quite a nice October day, so we probably could have done it on the beach. But we are back in your flat. Uh, back in your depressing flat tone. Um, in the gaff. Yeah. I, I always, you know, humorously refer to this as your depressing flat. Do you, do you remember um, we did a our, our spin-off podcast, a little film podcast? Yeah, I remember that vaguely. <laughs> we, uh, we did an episode of that here, but we'd normally record it in our friend Ollie's flat. And I believe I said on, on that podcast, it was good to be out of Ollie's depressing flat. Just not really thinking about it, because that's the way I refer to your flat. Not really thinking he was there. Yeah, <laughs> he was genuinely hurt by it, I think, and then has subsequently moved. <laughs> <laughs> and when he moved, he said something like, yeah, well, it's, you know, it's good for me to get out of the depressing flat. And I kind of laughed. And I was like, you, went, you didn't really say that to heart, did you? He's like, it, it made me do a lot of thinking. It made me do a lot of thinking. <laughs> you were a sucker punch yeah. for the lad. Yeah. So I felt a bit bad about that. But anyway, it's, uh, you know, we are back here in your depressing flat tone uh, to talk about cricket. We've got a fair bit of ground to cover tonight, as you mentioned. Not that we're going to go on about this, but it has been a while since we've done one of these. We um, must just cut and paste the intros of the last few because, yeah, this is becoming a bit of a, this is our rhythm now, isn't it? Quarterly. Mm. There's plenty happening in the cricket world, isn't there? Plenty been happening. I don't think we're going to have time to talk about everything that's happened in the last couple of months. Should we, should we probably prioritize editorialize it <laughs> should we start with the south africa test <laughs> daryl cullinan scored a couple of centuries today and pat simcox was bowling well it's good no let's let's maybe leave those uh we're probably going to focus on the t20 world cup aren't we because that is right up in our grill piece now england have been uh, well they've actually we're recording this on wednesday they've just played the second of their three match t20 warm-up series against australia and before that they were warming up for the tournament with a seven match, seven brackets, S-E-V-E-N match uh, T20 series in Pakistan. So um, there's plenty of T20 cricket to talk about. It was less a tour, more as a residency, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Seven match residency. So we can talk about that, talk about England, and obviously we'll do our kind of customary team by team rundown of all the teams uh, taking part in that tournament. We might have to talk about Mankad Stone as well. Have you heard about this? <laughs> Well, I think, yeah, I think certain commentators on Twitter will probably be hoping that the uh, the Mancad Ferrari uh, has not only died down, but sort of disappeared. But we're going to revive it, you know, a few weeks on, just when people thought they'd see in the end. Well, I said to you not to kind of uh, pull back the curtain here, but I, I texted you to say, you know, to kind of uh, agree with you the, uh, the, the rundown, the running order. And, so, and I did say, you know, mainly T20 world cup but you know might have to talk about the mancad as well and you, your suggestion was that we should do 70 percent mancad so i think you know i think we know where your priorities are for this uh, well i mean uh, it's the mancad that to sort of end all mancads i think isn't it it's it's <laughs> it's launched yeah. the the the, the fury around it i think it's been it's bigger than there has been for one before mm. uh and it's it's drawn a lot of very wild and wonderful opinions out of the uh yeah, out of the out of the cracks. So well, we're gonna, it's worth reflecting on. I think. We're going to add to those today. I think. Yeah, spark. Shall we see if we can spark another diplomatic incident <laughs> by by reviving that? All right. Well, let's dive into it then, Tony. Shall we? Let's plunge into it. Um, and as I say, let's 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 focus for the time being, at least, on uh, on the T twenty stuff. Should we maybe start? We're going to do our preview of the tournament, but should we maybe start with those those T20s that England have been playing in in Pakistan and Australia? So that that seven match series against Pakistan, I mean, it turned out to be a real kind of corker of a series, didn't it? Um, really kind of yo-yoed around. So trying to remember now, England won the first game, Pakistan won the second game with a a, a, a world record 
run chase in that they chased down what, over 200 without losing a wicket, Baba Azam and Mohamed Rizwan. That was a pretty astonishing uh, performance. And at that point, you did think, okay, you know, is you know, is is this going to be the pattern for the rest of the series? But England came back, won the third game, then Pakistan won games four and five to be 3-2 up with two to play. But England won the sixth game to level it up. So it went to a decider after seven matches. It came down to the decider um, and actually England won that one relatively comfortably in the end, didn't they? So they emerged 4-3 winners. It was a... It was an enjoyable series this time. I, do I dare say it was a surprisingly enjoyable series? Mm. Maybe this is, reveals my kind of uh, general Your negativity biases. in life at the moment, <laughs> my general <laughs> pessimistic outlook on life uh, at this current time. But I like going into it, I didn't have very high hopes. I think I texted you, yeah, you know, are you aware we're about to play a seven-match T20 series brackets, S-E-V-E-N, I, I was just like, this is ridiculous. Why yeah, are we playing seven? Say you scoffed at it. I did. Um, I turned out to be very wrong about that, didn't I? Well, you did, quite frankly. Um, I was always behind it, of course. <laughs> no, I, I don't know. Yeah, no, it was surprisingly enjoyable. I think everyone, well, everyone knew um, or everyone expected there to be fantastic atmospheres. Obviously, it was a, you know, it was a, a significant milestone moment um, for cricket, for Pakistan cricket. Um, so it's great that it just great to see it happening and, and great to see England playing in, um, you know, in, in that environment and, you know, kind of, yeah, that, that sort of level of cricket uh, in Pakistan again. Um, so that, that was fantastic. And actually the fact that it was seven games is it, one of those, isn't it? It's like when a test match goes to the final session, you know, that's what you want. So in a seven game series for it to go to a decider and then to be some great cricket on both sides and it to sort of turn fro, mm. I mean, it, it could have been very different if, you know, if one side had sort of gone three nil up or whatever. Um, but as it was, yeah, the, the fact that there were the seven games, it, it really did develop a momentum of its own. Um, and for sure, I was kind of, I was more plugged into, you know, to, to, to the, the series as a whole as it developed. So yeah, no, I think overall it was really good. I mean, mm. we're going to be worn out, I think by T20s in about three or four weeks, but, um, but yeah, for what it was, you know, credit all round. Yeah, it's uh, it's food for thought, actually, I think. Um, as I say, my, my instinct was seven is a lot of T20s. But actually, as you say, having that many matches gave the series a context that a two-match or three-match T20 series doesn't really have. Like Possibly even more so than with Test cricket. You know, a, just a couple of random T20s feel very disposable and random. Whereas having that, you know that series element of it yeah d- did really add something and I'm, i as you know I'm, I'm always banging on about you know that the test series should be five matches you know that we should have more five match test series and my view on that is you know let's have less series overall but make them longer we were just before we started the show before we started recording we we were just looking at the future tours program and looking at you know what what England are up to next year and you know they've got just a lot of kind of random you know, I think they're going to Bangladesh in March to play two T20s and three ODIs. There's two tests in New Zealand. You know, all these short series do, to me, feel vaguely pointless. Whereas actually, if they were, if they, as I say, if there were far fewer tours over, you know, far fewer series going on overall, but they were longer. Yeah, I just, I just start to wonder about that, whether maybe that's the way forward, even in T20 Here we cricket. Go. Scheduling, let's go. <laughs> we're in. <laughs> Yeah, no, I tend to agree. And it was all done and dusted in less than two weeks. Um, you'd think it would make it makes more sense if you've gone to the trouble of flying, you know, a squad of however many fifteen or whatever it was plus backroom staff halfway across the world. It's like there's a lot of admin, isn't it? Booking all those plane tickets and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah the uh, yeah the admin backroom people breathing a sigh of relief. Yeah, um, but yeah, if you've gone to the trouble, you know with climate change you know there's a lot of the, the, you know there's a lot of competing factors for for why things should shouldn't happen in the way they, they are at the moment but they're on Trivago for hours just booking <laughs> all that expedia.co.uk play, play seven games in the same, <laughs> same same hotel same same everything um no but seriously it, you know if you're going to the trouble of flying out there you may as well get your money's worth so yeah why not play seven rather than as you say play three and then you know fly off again to mm. the other side of the world you know, have all the kind of the travel logistics, the time off, the the the, 
however much warm-up time they get these days but you know yeah i think you're right maybe maybe it is the the future Mm. for for bilateral series yeah there's a lot of debate around at the moment isn't there about the future of cricket um there's a lot of pessimistic voices Uh, i won't (laughs) pile the misery onto you um but you know the, the, the fact that you know obviously bilateral cricket is becoming less and less kind of prevalent or, or, or certainly in the future tours program you know it is a it's a club future um, but maybe when international teams do come up against each other maybe they should yeah you know, have yeah exactly fewer um fewer tours but but longer mm. series within them and yeah for, certainly on the t20 side from the evidence of this one series well, i'm all for it well that's it i mean yeah i'm i'm sorry the more and more you talk <laughs> there the more i'm like yes yes here we go we've we've cracked it we've nailed it so we sorted it out but yeah, perhaps we are falling into the trap of just, uh, you know, leaping to the conclusions off the back of one, you know, sort of unusually good series. And as as you said, you know, uh, a few minutes ago, this could e- this could have turned out very differently if if one team or the other had won the first three matches, it would have had a very different feel. And if you know, if the last two or three games had been dead rubbers, it, it would have felt very different. So, but you know, it's it's definitely something to think about something to consider yeah but there is a definite issue i think at the moment with you know serious cricket fans not <laughs> not you know present company excluded serious cricket fans you know or semi-serious cricket fans struggling to keep up with kind of what cricket is happening where at any mm. one point um there's no there isn't a lot of clarity in the season and, and or there's no season it's just you know it's just a kind of cricket just sort of pops up springs up mm. left right center like england playing seven games in in pakistan and then going basically a couple of days later they're suddenly into a three-game series in australia mm-hmm. um so yeah I, I i do think yeah a bit more a bit more clarity it's, it's easier to follow if you're, you're yeah, like, it gives oh, it yeah, more of a shape exactly um so yeah something to think about for sure as you say perhaps because the cricket was so good it in some ways almost like overshadowed the context of the tour which was a you know an extraordinary thing extraordinary kind of celebration of the fact that England are back in Pakistan for you know their first tour um of the country since 2005 and you know the stadiums were were pretty packed out for the most part weren't they in in Karachi in Lahore and that was just really fantastic to see and it all you know it all went off without a hitch and they're going to be back in December for the test series they announced the squad uh today as we were recording this um so yeah, I really can't wait for that either. It's just, you know, it is so good to have cricket back in Pakistan, international cricket back. And it's not that long ago, you know, that we were probably talking on this show saying, you know, it was it was hard to envisage when, if ever, that could happen. So yeah, really, really great. How do you assess, you know, off the in the aftermath of that series, and obviously we haven't mentioned this, but two games against Australia... Um, now with one more to come and, and England have won both of those so far how do you assess where England are in T20 cricket at this point and you know kind of looking ahead their, their form going into the World Cup are you, are you feeling you know reasonably optimistic or how do you assess it I, I think you've got to be I mean it's going to be it, it certainly seems to be a very open field there isn't a clear favourite and and yeah, England will are definitely amongst the the teams in contention. So yeah, and I think it's it, there are promising signs. Obviously, Joss Butler coming in and coming back in uh, and looking so good was uh, you know it's extraordinarily promising. I mean, you know, obviously he will be or could be one of the the players of the tournament um, in Australia. So for him to be uh, getting a few runs on the board is uh, is really encouraging. So uh, you know, yeah, I think England are in good shape. Um, yeah, a few new faces or a few, you know, a few different faces came into contention in Pakistan and did well. Um, yeah, Harry Brook, Ben Duckett, um, is Duckett in the well, squad? Well, Duckett's not even in the squad. I, I mean, this is, it's interesting, isn't it? Because well, actually, I cut that. <laughs> no, 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 I think it's, I think it's an interesting point, even if it makes you look like an idiot, but it, no, you'll have to cut it. Otherwise I'll just keep talking <laughs> over you. <laughs> All right, go on. Okay. No, no, wait, wait. Like, well, um, you know, players like Harry, <laughs> players like Harry Brook, um, you know, came and did very well. Ben Duckett, of course, is not in the squad yeah, yeah. for Australia. Um, good knowledge. Good knowledge. Uh, Phil Salt. Phil Salt. Um, no, it was you know, England were without some of the bigger names, or you know, it, it was a, it was a slightly different looking side, and and obviously to win against a very good Pakistan team, you know, on their own turf, um, he would obviously have been well motivated for it. Um, 
yeah, it's pretty promising. Yeah. Well, I mean, it is interesting though, isn't it? Because yeah, like he, in these nine games that they played, you know, it, it's they have looked really good, and you sort of think like, well, it's just it's just England. You know, England are a very good white ball team, but actually, it's only you know a couple of months ago that they were really struggling in in their home white ball series. You know, this summer. And the batting was really kind of sluggish and it was struggling to get going. And, and Morgan had just retired and there was a sense of like an end of an era about it. And it was, it was being overshadowed by the test, mm-hmm. um, test exploits, which obviously, you know, um, it's been a while since that was the case. Yeah. So actually, you know, not only are they winning these games, but they're doing it with the batting firing. As you mentioned, you know, there's, the, 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 you know, illustrating the strength and depth that players like Phil Salt, um, have been instrumental. Obviously, Alex Hales coming back in is perhaps something else we can talk about. Ben Duckett, as you so um, uh, magnificently point out, is is not in the squad for the World Cup. So that really shows the kind of, uh, yeah, bench strength that England have. Um, and yeah, you know, p- p- perhaps suggests that, you know, the, the, the problems in the summer were maybe as much or, or more about certain players just being a little bit out of form than about any kind of like existential crisis for this team. Um, but anyway, yeah, it's a bit, it, certainly for me, it was, it's a bit of a relief to see them posting, you know, big, big totals again. I'm really pleased to see David Milan in the runs and he obviously got, what did he get, 80, 81 or something today against Australia and he, you know, had a couple of decent innings in Pakistan too. They, I mean, this is a shout, but I'm, I think he could be player of the tournament here. Big. And I, I, I I still like it's still it amazes me that England still seem to be a little bit like unsure about David Milan. Like obviously he was the number one batsman in the world at, at some point in this format. I, he's still I think five or six. Um, there's a strong argument to say he's England's best T20 batsman, but you do like it wouldn't be that surprising if they actually don't pick him for the, for the first game because they st- there still seems to be a sense that they'd rather have Stokes at three. They're almost like waiting for an excuse to drop Milan <laughs> is, is the way it comes across sometimes, but. He loves batting in Australia, doesn't he? You know, he loves batting. He loves batting, but he loves batting in Australia. Like he's he's made runs in Test cricket in Australia. He loves bouncy pitches, doesn't he? He loves pace on the ball. And so the fact that he actually was batting quite well in Pakistan, where yeah, you know, that there is some pace on the ball too. But you'd fancy him to kind of go up another notch or two in Australia. And obviously, as I say, um, played a good knock today. So yeah, I'm really encouraged by that and I do I do fancy him to score a lot of runs in this tournament he could be a real kind of key player for England but as I say who knows whether England will even pick him at three or stick with him at three I mean do you think that there's there's a question about Stokes isn't there should well, be a where shame. should Stokes where should Stokes bat and yeah. should he even be in the team is, is a question. it definitely would be a shame for Milan to miss out um yeah as you say that's probably the decision for England as well, isn't it? It is, yeah, the makeup of that middle order and, and yeah, who bats where does Moeen play? I mean, Moeen looks like in excellent form, you know, he scored 44 mm. um, from 27 today. I mean, you, the thing is, it's one of those, you just feel like Stokes, that there's a gut feel about Stokes that he sort of has to be there, which goes against the kind of, the new kind of, mm. you know, the data-driven age that we live in. Um because his record in T20 cricket is actually not very good. Yeah, and he, he hasn't played for a while. Uh, you know, he's come in. He's had two knocks in in Australia, and he's and both times he's got out cheaply mm-hmm. um, for more balls than he's faced. And they're his first so, T20 internationals for over a year. Yeah, they're his first T20s in any any level for could be over a year, I think. Um, so, so yeah, yeah. He, he look. It's weird, isn't it? He, he kind of looks a little out of place in the side. Mm. It, it, you know, you watch him batting, and it, there is there is a kind of cloud of uncertainty around him, which is which is strange to say because when you think about him in Test cricket mm. and in a, and ODIs in recent years, it, you know, he seems as kind of as 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 certain as he is about his place. He's as certain about what he's going to do at the crease, whereas it, you know, it, he looks a bit like um, yeah, he's sort of. He's not sure what he's his role lost is. in that yeah. in that side. Um, but then again, you know, he produced an amazing piece of fielding on the boundary today. Mm. You, you know, you know, he's one of the, the best fielders in the world. Um, there's no reason why he shouldn't be one of the best batsmen in T20 cricket. Um, you would think. So, I don't know. My, my gut is that he will play because he's Ben Stokes. I, I but mean, whether it's the right decision, I don't yeah, know. I was going to say, I'm sure he will yeah. play. Whether he should play, I mean, I suppose that 
the the problem, if it is a problem, is that Liam Livingston is still to come back in. I mean, he's obviously he's coming back from injury. Should he come straight back in? You know, if, if there's some questions about his fitness, I don't know. But you know, in a um, in a vacuum or in an ideal world, you know, Livingston is in England's best eleven, isn't he? So who misses out then? I mean, it's it's a, it's less um, it's it's clearer now than it was probably you know six months or so ago. And the same goes for Milan, actually. Well, the, the the case for dropping Milan for me gets you know harder and harder to make because Roy's out of form and has been left out, and Morgan's retired. You know, it, it really is just sort of one place in the team that's that, where there's a question. But um, if Livingston does come back in, someone's got to miss out, and it's been complicated now because Sam Curran is doing so. It seems to be in such good form. He he was brilliant today, wasn't he? Would he take three for twelve or something? You know, he was real kind of match winner today. So if he's kind of England's all-rounder at seven, which seems to make sense, is there a place for Stokes? If Curran wasn't doing that, if Curran wasn't in that sort of form, I'd say, well, yeah, Stokes, why not have Stokes at seven or at six with Moeen at seven? But if Curran's at seven, Moeen at six, you're not going to leave out Brooke at five. So it's kind of Stokes or Livingston. And that, you know, I'm not sure I'd pick Stokes. Probably what will happen is they'll leave out Milan. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that just seems to make no sense to me at all. It does kind of serve to underline the the whole idea now and and, and the, the the sort of journey of travel that that T twenty and kind of the other forms of cricket are so sort of divergent. Is that divergent is that the word? Um, yeah. are, are diverging or have diverged um, to the to the extent that they're almost like different sports now. And you've got someone like Stokes, who's an unbelievable talent and an unbelievable cricketer, um, and who's as I say, you know, done so well in tests and ODIs, but but kind of having been away from T20 cricket a bit finds himself yeah sort of unsure of what he's doing whereas actually probably the players who are sort of week in week out month in month out on the sort of T20 circuit mm. you know they know exactly what they're trying to do their role is and it may be very very specific and it may not attract the kind of you know the sort of back page headlines that that Stokes scoring a, a big century in a test match would do or whatever um but you almost want to build a team of people who know exactly what they're doing and, and mm. you know, whether it's scoring kind of 20 off eight balls or something at the, the back end of an innings um, or, or or whatever with the ball. Yeah, or, the, or the Milan role of, you know, sort of anchoring, even in a T20 innings where you're anchoring, it's still more than a run of ball, you know, playing, playing that anchor role. And I agree, Stokes doesn't know what his role is or he, at least he's not nailed one down. Exactly. The point I try to make is that you know him being in that situation does kind of it, it sort of speaks to how far T Twenty cricket has evolved in mm. its own way um, in the last few years. Yeah, I mean he's you know it goes without saying that he's one of the best cricketers in England, but I'm not sure he'd be. I'm not sure I'd pick him for this. You know, to start this tournament, I don't think. I mean, I suppose the other thing that's happened there is you know Harry Brooks come along and and made himself undroppable. I'm, I'm very happy about him. Tony, <laughs> he's uh, he's great to watch as well, isn't he? He's great, you know aesthetically pleasing player to watch but yeah really exciting prospect in in all formats but yeah he's definitely um locked down a, a place at number five hasn't he i suppose the you know the yeah the batting looks really really uh promising again the bowling is perhaps a bit more of a concern but perhaps less so than it was you know going into the tournament a year ago it's fantastic to see reese topley delivering so consistently and then Mark Wood, particularly in these two games in Australia, I don't actually did he play today? I don't know. <laughs> Certainly in the first game, um, did he play? No, he didn't. Okay, uh, I'm going to do a U here now. Turn and go back and <laughs> yeah. record that. So Mark Wood, obviously, he didn't play today, but in the in the first game in Australia, you know, he's and a couple of times in Pakistan as well. Like he he looks brilliant, doesn't he? And he he's bowling seriously fast he was bowling 96 miles an hour a couple of times in in that first game against Australia so if he stays fit and informed throughout the tournament like that you know what a what a weapon um the one my and Sam Curran as I say also has been fantastic that my one sort of real concern is just wonder whether Adil Rashid is quite at his best um perhaps less so in Australia than other places you know this spin may not play as big a role as it as it did say in the tournament in the UAE last year but he has been England's most important player like either batsman or bowler in this format for quite some time and if he's just not quite at the top of his game then that that is a bit of a problem 
so the tournament starts, Tane, on Sunday the 16th of October. So that's this coming Sunday when Sri Lanka take on Namibia in Geelong. Geelong? I actually don't know how you pronounce that. Is Geelong. This, is this revealing terrible ignorance? I'm not sure I yeah. if Brisbane. that's done before. <laughs> <laughs> it's like an American not <laughs> never having heard of There's a lot of games in Geelong. <laughs> so. like Leeds? Where's Leeds? <laughs> um, anyway, well, I think it's... Is it the... Oh, it's in Geelong. Let's just say that. Let's <laughs> just say that. It's not somewhere that cricket is normally played. It's an AFL stadium predominantly. But um, anyway, that's so that's the first round, the preliminary round, if you like. Um, as you said before, the you know the qualifier after the qualifier after the qualifier. Um, Sri Lanka and West Indies are both in that, along with. Can you remind me who else? UAE, uh, Netherlands, Namibia, Scotland, West Indies. Yeah, I said so that. that. Ireland. Yeah, Zimbabwe. So that round goes on for almost a week before the super 12 so you know you might say the kind of the 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 meat of the tournament gets underway the following saturday 22nd of october when australia um the hosts face off against new zealand so there are there are two groups in the super 12 so group one features those two teams australia and new zealand plus england afghanistan and two qualifiers from the first round and group two is india pakistan bangladesh south africa and two more qualifiers um, I think I might be finally getting my head around calling it the T20 World Cup instead of the World T20, Tone. So I don't important. know if I'm there yet. Uh, okay. And I don't know, there's a lot of pundits, you know, in my, you know contemporaries of mine, it <laughs> seems, you know, in NASA's, et cetera. Yeah. I, they all still call it the World T20. Yeah. Just can't shake it. I, I, at some point in the pod, I've definitely said we should call it the T20 World Cup. Yeah, you used to say that. Yeah, but now I do think we probably should call it the World T20. <laughs> yeah. Just because it, it it's got a bit, it just differentiates it. When it was the World T20, <laughs> yeah. we not only said it should be, but called it the T20 World Cup, and now it's vice versa. So, yeah. anyway, how excited are you for the World T20? Um, pretty excited, I have to say. Pretty excited. Um, I, you know, I think overall it's going to be, it's going to be a more, uh, it should be a more entertaining unpredictable exciting tournament the one in the uae i mean yeah. it became it that, that that tournament did become quite toss dependent didn't it and you know the pitches it, it, it was slightly less nothing wrong with low scoring matches but it didn't it didn't kind of didn't light up it didn't no. ignite um in the way that you, you perhaps would have hoped so um yeah well, it was also sorry to j- jump in but also like the uae is not a great venue really for a global tournament like the stadiums were pretty empty yeah and it was also you know this time last year we were still in that kind of like weird um slightly unreal covid world when we said while it was and we talked about this at the time it was while it was great to have tournament cricket back it it wasn't a classic was yeah, it? yeah it, it was quite flat um whereas you know you think all the whole all the signs are that it's going to be um going to be a better fare this time around so yeah i'm excited i I do feel like the four. I, I mean, I can't remember what my previous opinions were, or what position <laughs> I took on the format. I, it does feel slightly unsatisfactory the whole preliminary round because, effectively, you know, as far as you know, you're sort of casual people aren't really going to start talking about the tournament until the Super Twelve mm-hmm. stage, are they? You, you know, the the quote unquote big teams will still be playing warm ups while the other mm-hmm. teams are playing in that preliminary round. I, I don't know. I think there's a better solution to it. I can't remember what I said about this before either, but yeah, like the, the, you can sort of see it both ways. That it's like, is it sort of like a moose bouche that kind of gets you, you know, sort of eases you into the tournament and sort of builds excitement, or is it a bit of a missed opportunity that it's like, hooray, here we go, and it's just, I mean, those games could be really good. Oh no, I, I think the games just, will be good, and I'll be following them closely, and I'll be trying to watch as much as I can. But there's no getting away from the fact that it's just not as exciting or as you know it's not as it's not appointment viewing in the same way well yeah well i, I suppose you know for for sri lanka for west indies yeah um, there's quite a lot of the line big for teams them. in there yeah. um so in that sense it, it just I, I don't know it just feels like the sort of second class citizen yeah of yeah second class kind of competition when it, it sort of needn't be I, I don't know i don't know what the solution is i mean it's a it's a good way of including you know the associate teams in the tournament yeah, it's, it's an attempt at a compromise isn't it that they are in the tournament they're part of the tournament they're going to have some big games against your Sri Lankas and your West Indies but without 
diluting it i mean a lot of people would uh bristle at, you know any suggestion of this but without sort of if you had say four groups of four and you had just associates mixed in with the big teams and it was there, there were too you might say too many of those sorts of games <laughs> i'm being very no I, well, i'm very careful about how i'm phrasing this but um no i take that and also if you had four groups of four whatever yeah, then you're only playing three matches of the group at least with the super 12 you know england will have five group matches mm-hmm. effectively guaranteed and likewise the, the teams that come through from that preliminary round will get another five matches so um yeah i, I agree there's a lot of competing factors that you, it's you, you know you you've got to try and broaden the reach of cricket you'll include more but you've got to keep the tournament short you've got to make sure the cricket's good i get that there's you know it's a tough circle to square sure if you like um but yeah i don't know i'm not i'm not i'm not hammering down the door saying this is a disgrace but you're just saying like ah is there is there yeah is there a better way out there let's keep searching yeah it just doesn't think about quite right like they've quite got it right yet i mean yeah the fact that sri lanka and west indies are in there like you know, and obviously that's because you know, in a sense, they deserve to be in there. But but they're you know some of the biggest stars of the tournament, I suppose, are will be on show in that first week. And as I said, there's every chance you know if there could be an upset there, and there's every chance that this this could be really compelling cricket. But it, yeah, it just as you say, it doesn't. There's a, something slightly feels like a slight missed opportunity, maybe to to really kind of launch with a bang. Um, but I'm excited. So in terms of like the teams you know what i mean by in terms of like you know the teams team team by team um so australia are the hosts so this is this tournament was supposed to happen in 2020 wasn't it and you know delayed uh because of do you remember the um coronavirus pandemic um so this has been a long time coming it actually feels like quite a long time since you know i mean it's not that long but it feels like a long time since there's been tournament cricket in uh in australia it's an exciting kind of feel about a bit of a buzz um ahead of the tournament so they're the host but they're also the holders of course i'm still annoyed about that too <laughs> we talked about this at the time but i'm still annoyed that they won that tournament because i just don't you know i didn't feel they were particularly good and yet somehow they won it and you mentioned this but that was very, it was very toss dependent that and australia did win six out of seven tosses uh, and the one that they lost was against england and they lost that game um this is you know almost certainly unfair but it you know i, I just kind of came out that something like how did australia win yeah. that they weren't very good but clearly they are one of the best teams in the world of this format and particularly given they're at home you know you'd imagine they'll be a big threat again yeah and they're quite a few people's narrow favorites i think aren't they going into this um yeah you think they'll probably come on slightly as well from the side that that won um last year <sighs> They'll be dangerous for sure. I mean, the fact that England have beaten them twice mm. in these warm-up, not warm-ups, in these yeah. uh, whatever they are, um, you, you'd probably expect them to turn up on the day. We'll, as we said, I think before, we'll probably lose lose that group yeah, game. Yeah, England will probably win the third game here and then lose, the, yeah, lose in the tournament, um, I'm sure is what will happen. But yeah, but clearly they've still got you know, some huge talents, some huge hitters in Warner, Maxwell, etc. Um, Finch, Stoinis. Finch, Stoinis. Tim David is someone they're very excited about obviously uh, scored a few today yeah um and you know on the bowling side you know they, they've there's a lot of experience there adam zamp has come on um in the last couple of years so yeah they're in the mix aren't they 100 mm. yeah zamper like i'll admit is perhaps someone i've been guilty of underrating in the past I, I think he's three or four in the in the world rankings at the moment you know he's is one of the best T20 spinners in the world. And then they've, they've essentially got their test match bowling attack, haven't they, of, uh, of Hazelwood, Cummins, Stark. I mean, they haven't always been as effective in, in T20 as they have in, in the longer formats, although Hazelwood is the number one bowler in the world at the moment, which I, I would not have guessed if I hadn't looked it up. There is a sense that just line and length and pace on the ball can go the distance. There's a danger of that, but you know, you, you'd certainly expect them to know their way around the conditions here. And clearly they are three of the you know six or seven best bowlers in cricket so you'd imagine they're going to be a threat you know if they if they get it right you know that that that's a problem um for everyone else so um yeah i'm i'm not sure they've got the scariest batting lineup in the competition but it's it's up there you know they 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 are a a pretty comprehensive package really so as you say they they they've got to be amongst the favorites at least yeah and i think you'd probably say 
a lock for the semis. Mm. Um, yeah, obviously, as you said before, in the group with England, Afghanistan, New Zealand. I mean, are we going to talk about those next or are we going to go elsewhere? Candy, if yeah. you like. Um, and then, you know, the two sides that come in. But We've done England already. You know, New Zealand look yeah, sort of waning, aren't they? I'd mm. say. Um, as, a, as an international force at the moment. That's probably that said, fair. they'll probably win it. <laughs> yeah, probably. I mean, you look... Th- I mean, yes, that's probably true. You look through their squad and it, it doesn't grab you in the way that it perhaps has done in other recent tournaments. Um, I don't think you can rule them out. Like, I think they'll... You know, I'd be surprised if they're not competitive. Um, and they may well be in the mix again. But in recent years, I've put them right up there in the sort of top top two three four five six favorites um but yeah i don't know if that's quite the case now yeah and they've got still got some great batting you know devon conway glenn phillips scored a lot of runs in the last couple of years um kane williamson perhaps not in the best shape at the Mm. moment Um, but you know he's clearly a classy player so he could turn it on potentially at the big moment and you know that last tournament last year you know daryl mitchell basically ended england so Mm. um yeah, anything is possible, obviously. Um, but but you, you think New Zealand will probably go into it with more modest expectations than others. Mm-hmm. Afghanistan, you would imagine. I mean, that they're, they're always dangerous, aren't they? But you, you'd imagine in these conditions, you know, perhaps this doesn't suit them as as much as it did this time last year. But you know, obviously, Rashid Khan is is one of the best bowlers in the world so you know on, on their day they're, they're certainly like they're, they're gonna you know the other teams in the group are gonna be gonna be worried going into their fixture against Afghanistan yeah for sure there's no yeah there's there's no easy games in that group other and um again you know got some some you know, good young players Gerbaz has, has been doing well as he in t20 cricket around the world um so yeah, you, you you definitely can't rule about as you say. Rashid Khan, what is probably considered to be the best T Twenty player mm. in the world, um, a bit of a serial winner as well. So it's Josh Hazelwood, mate. Josh Hazelwood is number one in the rankings. I'm, I'm telling uh, yeah, you, that's, okay, a, the, that's it, a fact. He, he believes the rankings. <laughs> <laughs> well, if David Milan's number one batsman in the world, then I believe him. Um, so the other group is India, Pakistan, Bangladesh, and South Africa. Um, Pakistan, we didn't really <laughs> we didn't really talk about when we <laughs> when we uh, when we were talking about that that England series. But they, I mean, obviously England won in the end. But Pakistan looked very strong as well. And you know, we mentioned this that you know Babrazam and Rizwan with that uh, record breaking run chase over two hundred without losing a wicket. I mean, they are you know two <laughs> of the best, <laughs> the best, but prob- <laughs> probably the best opening partnership in the world, aren't they? Yeah, I think they are. And quite... ba- Baba might be the best batsman in in all formats at the moment yeah the best all format bats yeah um yeah exactly i I suppose they are they do seem quite dependent on those two in terms of sort Mm. of yeah weight of runs um yeah they've got like sean masood was coming at three and just was sort of playing a test match innings Uh, yeah i'm not sure they've quite got it right in the middle order yeah i mean if you know if those two come off and you, you think anything's possible um but over reliant, yeah. But certainly, if they're batting first, you know, mm-hmm. I, 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 I guess there's maybe a mentality issue of like for them, uh, you know, not knowing exactly what they need to do mm-hmm. and what's coming up behind them. But, but yeah, I mean, you know, they'll be they'll be plenty good enough to win some matches in the tournament, and if they win, then the right ones as well at the right times, <laughs> yeah. they'll go all the way. That's good analysis. Yeah, yeah. Because um, you know, you look on the bowling side. Um, yeah, Shaheen Afridi. Yeah, Harris like, Ralph was brilliant, wasn't he? Against yeah. England. But I mean, uh, yeah, Shaheen, probably the most exciting bowler to watch, I think, in world cricket. Mm, um, be cool. Uh, no, definitely the right yeah. call, I think. Yeah. Mark, I suppose, yeah, it depends if, if, yeah, if pace is your thing. If, mm. if, you, yeah, if spin gets you going, then maybe not. But I think just the way he approaches the game, approaches the crease, you know, what he does is, is incredibly exciting. So I'll be, I'll be glued to that for sure. Do you think India are in the conversation in terms of in terms of the favourites? It's it's actually quite a long time since they seriously challenged at a global tournament. They haven't been to a final since the twenty seventeen Champions Trophy. I suppose that's not that long ago, is it? But there's been a lot of tournaments since then. Um, I mean, you you look through their squad, and it is pretty scary. You know, you certainly certainly as far as the batting is concerned. You know, Rohit, K 
Kale Rahul, Sky Yadav, Rishabh Pant, Hardik Pandya, some fella called Virat Kohli. You know, I suppose the challenge is how do they fit them all in? So there's, there, but there's real firepower there. Maybe the bowling is is a potential weakness. No Jasprit Bumrah ruled out through injury, so that's that's a big blow, isn't it? Yeah, huge. I mean, yeah, I mean he's as good as they get. You know, probably <laughs> yeah. in the top two, one of the best yeah. T Twenty bowlers in the world. It's Josh Hazelwood is number one <laughs> in the world. So I like, keep reminding um, me. So, but I mean, so just just his. His absence alone will give um, will give sides a, a bit of a boost going mm. to it when they say, "Yeah, I don't know." I mean, they've they've actually they've got some seriously good bowlers, but they're just mostly spinners. I mean, not exclusively, but you know, they're you sort of look they're they're standout bowlers. You would say like Ashwin and um, and Axel Patel and so on. But I, I don't want to. You know, it's oversimplistic to say, "Oh, it's Australia," so it's you know, it's pace bowlers because clearly the spinners are going to have a big role to play as well. But compared to the tournament in the UAE last year or as it would have been in India, you know, it's very, very different conditions and you do feel like Bumrah is a, is a huge absence here, but I wouldn't rule them out at all because yeah, the, the, the batting is strong enough that they could chase anything really. Um, yeah. And it, I mean, in, yeah, in Sky, I'd have, you know, probably the best T20 batsman in the world at the moment. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Certainly in terms of, of weight of runs in the last couple of years and at, at you know, at a, at a strike rate way beyond, um, you know, most of the players around him. He, and he's in exceptional form. Mm-hmm. I mean, he'll probably be, um, he'll probably be, I think, along with Joss, the player that he sort of, yeah, if you've you've got to do something else, but you, you just clock that they're batting, you probably kind of race to a screen yeah. or get your phone out. That you say to your boss, I actually can't moment. make that meeting. Yeah, um, um, so, or you're in a meeting and go, I just like ah, oh, just had a phone call. I need to step out for a second. <laughs> step out for sort of five to <laughs> thirty minutes. Yeah. Oh, sorry, it's M. Hang on, <laughs> just have to step. Just have to take this. So yeah, yeah. Then, as, you, yeah. as you say, India. The fact India, you know, they've well, they've been well, they've obviously won the inaugural tournament all the way back in 2007. Been to one final since. Which is, I mean, it is extraordinary, isn't mm. it? Given the, given that the powerhouse that they've become in that time. Yeah, South Africa, I think, look stronger than they have coming into a tournament in quite a while. Certainly, you know, the the tournament last year. I mean, they did all right in the end. They didn't get out of the group, but they very nearly did. Um, but I think coming into that, we you know didn't give them much of a much of a chance. But I mean, I wouldn't put them in the top sort of two, three, four favourites, but. They do look stronger. I mean, still, I think you'd still say somewhat reliant on Quinton de Kock in the batting. And if you if you just compare batting lineups across all the teams in the tournament, you know, South Africa's would be down the list a bit. But they do have the Kock. I mean, Tristan Stubbs is a very exciting prospect. Um, Riley Russo scored 100 against India the other day. So, that, you know, and David Miller, who's been around forever, but is still, you know, still churning out runs. So they do... They do have a good batting lineup. It's just maybe not quite on the on the same level as some others. But it's the it's the bowling attack. The fast bowling is fairly eye catching, isn't it? So Rabada, Norkia, um, Lungi Ngidi, Wayne Parnell. Remember him? <laughs> is uh, is back in the squad? So there's there's some serious pace there, um, and not forgetting Tabrez Shamsi as well, who is one of tone the best T Twenty bowlers in the world. He's been kind of hovering around the top of the bowling rankings for quite some time now. Um, so that's a that's a, a pretty uh, intimidating bowling unit they've got there. Yeah, definitely a good outside bet. Bangladesh, I think it's fair to say, do have some of the most exciting cricketers in the tournament. Obviously, Shakib is there as the captain, who, again, is someone who's been around forever. He played in the 2007 50 over World Cup tone. I mean, Mustafiza Rahman perhaps hasn't, you know, deli- totally delivered on that early promise, but it's still a, a thrilling bowler to watch. And Mahedi Hassan is one of my favourite cricketers in the world. So there's some really, yeah, some really exciting players in that squad. I, their form isn't amazing. I'm not sure you'd give them much of a chance of getting out of that group with India, Pakistan, South Africa, and potentially West Indies or Sri Lanka as well. What do you think? Very difficult, I think. Very difficult. And speaking of West Indies and Sri Lanka... Certainly not guaranteed that they'll they'll both get through, but you you'd you'd put the mods on. I mean, what what about them? I mean, West Indies have a have a fantastic record in this tournament, don't they? Um, obviously won it in 
2012 and again in 2016. But I suppose the fact that they are having to qualify for the Super 12 goes to show you that perhaps their, their recent record in this format isn't, isn't amazing. Yeah, it does seem like the the kind of that golden era is, is slightly past, doesn't it? And you look at the players who who aren't there, who have been, you know, huge, huge names: Chris Gale, Andre Russell, the Galacticos, the Galacticos, exactly. Well, they were there last year, weren't they? So the, the tournament last year, there was a feeling that they were kind of getting the band back together with Gale and Pollard and Bravo and Narine. But yeah, none of them are there this time, as you say. And Chimron Hetmeyer not making the squad either. So, um, yeah, a bit of a chaotic build up, really. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it'd be inter- it will be very interesting to see if they can produce anything. Um, who puts their hand up? Uh, yeah. And then Sri Lanka, of course, under the stewardship of Chris Silverwood. Mm. Could see uh, could see him. And they're in good form. Back in. And they, yeah, and they're, they're sort of on the opposite side of that, um, that mountain, aren't they? They're kind of, they're on the way up. Mm hmm. Um, which is encouraging because they've had such a sort of innocuous few years yeah, in terms of like they do, it, it's just kind of we were perhaps starting to get a bit concerned about their yeah their future so yeah they could be a, a, a bit of a dark horse so just to finish on West Indies so yeah so yeah as we say they're obviously missing those superstars although there's still there's still one or two blasts from the past Johnson Charles is in the squad Tone you remember him did you know he was still knocking around for now well I don't know today. But, sure. <laughs> but also so i was amazed to see that he is let me just double let me just remind myself he is uh 33 years old so we were at the johnson charles stand in st lucia three years ago so yeah a 30 year old man who had a, a and still active cricketer he had a stand named after him um can't be many of those what have you got in, in history but um anyway he he's in the squad and then yeah you look through and Rovman Powell played a brilliant innings against England recently and Evan Lewis Nicholas Puran I mean if they if they get this right you know it is it's still potentially one of the most spectacular batting lineups in the tournament you sent this to me Kyle Mayers I was just about to say that actually well yeah I mean Kyle Mayers um, got sent to me as well not not long after it, it happened but yeah he just played one of the most extraordinary shots you'll see um, against Australia, kind of, kind of gets his front foot out of the way as Green's coming in, but the the ball is uh, is kind of bowled, kind of wide and slightly short on the offside. But yeah, he just sort of like rocks back and just absolutely drills this perfect kind of lofted. I mean, it's it's a very unconventional shot, but the, yeah, this lofted sort of. I don't, know, I don't know how to describe it kind of sort of drive that, that absolutely disappears for six but the way he holds the uh, the pose afterwards is a thing of beauty it's quite an empty stadium mm. the echo or the shot the, the sound off the bat but then the echo is absolutely phenomenal oh, hang on let me try and <laughs> you can it. try and play it awesome. just the echo I love <laughs> it's just like what a noise and what a shot that was so, I mean uh, yeah if you can produce a few of those, then uh, again, anything's possible. That's go- that is going on my list of best hits I've ever seen with uh, Justin Kemp in an ODI for South Africa against New Zealand in like 2006, who like clonked it out of the stadium. There's, I mean, there's others, but yeah, it's definitely that. That was, I suppose it perhaps wasn't as, I mean, it's massive. It's maybe not as big big as some others but it's the fact that it's like over extra cover and just so kind yeah. of like and the way he holds the yeah, holds the pose orthodoxly if that's a word perfect it's a thing of beauty yeah um so yeah there's there is plenty of uh of exciting batting uh, the bowling would be the concern i mean there, there's lots of promise there you know it's people like alzari joseph and obed mccoy you know, I'll be interesting to watch them, but you wouldn't necessarily back them in a in a tight run chase against England or India or Australia or you know one of the top batting units in the tournament. So, yeah, I, I think probably um, West Indies not not quite in the in in the bracket of favourites as, as they have been in in T twenty and World T twenties of the past. Do you want to give me a prediction? To... <laughs> do I? What do you want? Who's going to win? Finest? Let's just do winner. Who's yeah. going to win? Um, who's going to win? Uh, I don't know. Who is going to win? 
I, I genuinely don't. I, I, England. Oh, damn it. I was going to say England. <laughs> I was actually going to say England. It could well be England. I was, I was literally a split second away from saying England <laughs> and getting in there ahead of you. If you go England, I don't want to say Australia. Do you, do you know what? I'm going to oh, No, I was going to say South Africa. No, no, I've bottled it. I'll go India. But my actual prediction is England. I mean, it's going to be an exciting tournament. There's no doubt about it. All right. T20 World Cup done. Let's talk about the man-cad tone. Does anyone need to be reminded of what happened? I don't know. Just no. for very briefly, <laughs> final uh, game of England. This is a while ago now, but obviously we haven't done a podcast in some time. But in the final game of England women's ODI series at home to India, England needed 17 runs to win with one wicket left uh, when Charlie Dean, who was on 47 at the time, was run out at the non-striker's end by uh, by the Indian bowler Deepthi Sharma. So this is colloquially referred to as a mancad after Vinu Mankad, who was the you know the, the the first player to do that I think in international cricket some question about whether it should be called that but there's I don't think there's an effective alternative shorthand has been come up with you know non-striker run out it's yeah it's just a it's a bit long-winded isn't it but um we have talked about this countless times over the years time but as you said at the top this one has probably sparked even more debate you know than than in the past once again i fell right into the trap of getting <laughs> extremely angry about it but i know you've got lots you to couldn't, say you couldn't resist could <laughs> yeah, you? I, know. I know you've got lots to say too so i don't know off, well, I've, I've forgotten most of the things i was going to say <laughs> yeah i suppose uh, yeah the first thing i mean there's a lot of angles isn't it but it, it, it was extraordinary the level to which the emotion on both sides mm. of the discussion, um, which is slightly frustrating because I think I understand where sort of 90% of the way to where the pro mancad people are coming from. Like I, I do get it. What I find really bizarre is that the, the, there appears to be from the sort of militant pro mancad camp, there's absolutely no understanding or willingness to understand the other side. Mm. So there was some, there was some bizarre. I thought some odd and slightly over the top takes that came out, uh, came out of it. Not least Harsha Bogle, yeah, who waded in, waded in, and I, I don't know. It just, it got, it did get my back up slightly. I mean, it, he, Can, he, he kind of. Well, I won't read out. It, no. I mean, it wasn't particularly long, but it, it, you know, tweeted a bit of a thread. It wasn't long, as long as Peter Delapena's thread. Oh, yeah. I think he screenshotted 80 deliveries <laughs> um, and put in a thread, which is like, I think misses the point. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. Slightly. Mm. Um, but yeah, Harsha Bogle tweeted a little thread basically saying it's a kind of, it's colonialism mm. kind of, and, that, that, and that's the end of it. But more or less like, you know, it's all about colonialism. It's about power and yeah. retaining whatever. And, and, you know, which... I just think is a ludicrous. It's baffling. Yeah, to me. it's a ludicrous thing to say. Yeah, and and just unnecessary because then you look at the comments and then there's, you know there's, it just stokes this whole thing of like uh, them and us mm-hmm. kind of it, it, it's it's really divisive and I don't know I don't know if it's it's really necessary. Um, not least because it's just it's a very simple thing. I don't I don't understand why there's no willingness from the pro mancad people mm-hmm. to understand that it's just how cricket was taught to, to lots of people. It's never it, the whole thing of like stealing the inches. That's never part of the consideration. It was never taught to people as, or, or cr- cricketers were. I say never. Certainly, cricketers of our generation or players learning cricket, people learning cricket of our generation, weren't taught like, oh, you know, if you do this, you know, you can steal mm. three inches and it will make all the difference and we'll win the game. It was. It's simply. It was simply taught as you back up. In the same way that you teach fielders to walk in like with the bowler, in, yeah. it's just backing up so that you're you're on the move, you're ready so to that go. You're when not on the your run, heels. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that when when a run is there to be taken, you're already moving. Mm-hmm. That that's the sort of that's the beginning and end of it. Yeah. So, I, 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 this whole thing of like, oh, it's you know, and then yeah, people, yeah, you should never really take any consideration of what people are saying on Twitter, I guess. But you know, then yeah, lots of people are chucking in other instances of of cheating effectively or of, of other you know the kind of what aboutery but that's the thing with the, the whole kind of backing up thing it isn't really 
it's never been seen as cheating for for most people who who are taught to play that game. It's just what you do. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, like best practice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, yeah. there's no, there's nothing about like you know. And I think Harsh Burglary was always like, oh, it's about the days when you know it's all about. Um, you know, professionals and amateurs mm. and gentlemen and whatever. And, you know, it's about reinforcing that thing yeah, of the, the, the batsmen are more nonsense. important than bowlers. Yeah. It's absolute hogwash, <laughs> yeah. uh, quite frankly. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. And it, it's funny because, you know, he seems like quite a sensible mm. chap and, uh, you know, to be uh, to be that wrong about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, but then as you say, like I do, I do understand there is a coherence to the argument, but but, that, but totally, as you say, like it's it's missing the point that, yeah, that, that, the the anti mancap people are not suggesting yeah it's great that you can yeah that you can steal ground and get away with it there's nothing the bowler can do but that's why like the warning exists or why that was seen as you know the the etiquette not because of some sort of deference that the bowler has to sort of doff his cap and say you know excuse me governor you've uh, you, do, do you realize you're you know you're out of your ground it's so that yeah, like exactly as you say, it's, you're just backing up. But if you, it's like if you get a bit overzealous, the bowler's just saying, "Actually, hang on a minute." Yeah, you know, and and then and then if it keeps happening, then then fair enough. I mean, I, for me though, like I actually think that that the 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 people who are opposed to the mancad are sometimes coming at it from the wrong angle, and I, I can see why. Like it, it, it is baffling to me, but I can see why perhaps people do get vexed about it when when the other side are talking about the spirit of the game and it being against the spirit of the game because like I, for me it's not like immoral or cheating or against the spirit of the game you know whatever that means i just firstly think it's incredibly tedious and annoying and we talked about this before but it was like the kids at, like the annoying kids at school the dickheads at school <laughs> who, who thought it was clever and i like, mm. thought they'd found a loophole um so yeah, so like for me, if you run someone out like that, like that, you're not like a cheat or you're not doing something sort of unethical. It, you're just a prat. Like, it, yeah. Like so that just like grow up and play properly. But but secondly, like it's not the reason why it's so. I find it so annoying is because for, like I, so I'm not coming at it from a sort of spirit of the game angle. It's just that for me, cricket is essentially what happens when a bowler bowls a ball at the batsman. So something like anything that happens before that isn't cricket in a way. <laughs> like it, it's like the, the game is not live, essentially. It's, it's effectively the, the ball is dead. And actually, if you rewatch that clip, the umpire is very, very close to calling a dead ball because it, is, it essentially mm. is a dead ball. And it's only then when, because Deep T stops and the umpire's like, oh, dead ball thinking that she's just, just pulled, pulled out, out of yeah. a run-up and it's only when she takes the bails off that the umpire's like oh okay that's a run-up but it's like it shouldn't be so i think the rules need to change because that it, like it, it's not part of the game for me and yeah okay we can say well how do you stop players stealing ground if they want to i don't think that's what charlie dean is was trying to do for all of peter Delapena's screenshots she's not as you say trying to like thinking oh i'm getting away with this it's she's just backing up but like, there's another way of fixing that, which is potentially one short or, or something like that. But actually, what happened in this particular case with Charlie Dean, I'm not sure she would have been out of her ground if Deepthi Sharma hadn't pulled out of her action. She kind of waits for her to leave her ground, and you can say she's been careless in not watching and waiting and you know watching the bowler until she's released the ball. But because she doesn't expect it, because why would you expect it to happen? She's just backing up as you know as you're taught to and the frustrating thing for me is just and why i find the the pro mancad the mancad crowd on twitter like as you say i think they are missing the point is because like is this what you want do you want bowlers to be thinking about this and actively and we're going to have six or seven attempts at this a game and that the bowlers are going to be you know watching the batsman and pulling out of their run-up and sometimes they'll pull up pull out and they won't be out of their ground and that's going to slow the game down it's just not it's not good to watch i don't know like the glee with which some people react to these incidents i just don't understand because it's like it to me just isn't cricket and not in a like that's not cricket old boy way it's just like yeah it literally literally isn't cricket yeah Yeah. no so i just find it very frustrating no yeah well yeah i agree with everything you just said i think Mm. i mean Unfortunately for listeners, like given how polarizing this is, it would be great if you and I 
we're on opposite yeah, sides. True, we're, yeah, we're just kind of yeah, yeah. furiously agreeing well with each said, other. Well said. I, I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's as you say. It's it, it, there's, there's literally no entertainment or replay value to it whatsoever. And I mean, what an unsatisfactory end to a game yeah. that you could imagine. Like a really exciting, or what, yeah, what could have been a really exciting finish. It was essentially not. I mean. I d- I, yeah, I don't know. It, ne- it needs to be sorted because I, I, we can't have we can't have it happening more and more more often because mm-hmm. just the the, uh, the endless back and forth and the kind of nonsense that's spewed out off the back of it um, will just get even more boring than it already is. Yeah. Um, so they do need to solve it. Whether that's just you know just batsmen don't back up or mm. uh, whatever. I don't know. I mean, I presume that's the solution, the, the easiest solution. Well, again, the pro-man cup people will say, well, if it happens a few times, then batsmen will quickly learn mm. to, and will change their behaviour. And there's some truth in that. But equally, if they changed it so it was one short, I mean, you can say, well, you know, is the standing umpire really going to be able to look at that as well? But maybe there's a technology solution. But if, if you know, a few times it happened that, they went for a quick single and they didn't get it because they, you know, then then maybe, you know, then they would change the behaviour as well. So it feels like there's solutions that aren't quite as like, you know, seismic as as that. Yeah, um, I think that's the thing for me. It's actually, yeah, let's let's just teach batsmen not to back up in quite the same way that they've been taught for 120 years or whatever. Yeah, um, but equally, don't make it some like massive issue that it's not. That, that yeah exactly that 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 it's like it's uh it's a situation that's sort of rooted in the kind of inequality mm. and colonialism and 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 all of this kind of stuff because it just isn't i don't no. yeah it's just unnecessary baiting yeah i know i don't understand that at all and this is rich for me to say given how animated i've, been, <laughs> I've just been but perhaps we just need to cool the temperature on yeah. the whole debate really and as you say like <laughs> maybe just try and try and see both sides and i think I do see the other side. I just, as you say, it seems to me that, um, yeah, the harsher Bogleys of, of this world perhaps don't don't have an understanding of where people are coming from. Yeah. All right. Well, hopefully, hopefully that's been helpful in some way. Sort of, it's a helpful it? contribution to the debate. Settled. Uh, but that is going to be what I can only describe as it for the World Cricket Show this time. Have you enjoyed this one, Tone? Uh, yeah, it's been good, actually. Good to be back yeah, in the Yeah, really good. In the, well, in the what are we flat. doing during the World T20 slash T20 World Cup? The World T20 World Cup. Daily? No, I don't know. As much as possible. Daily might finish you <laughs> off, I think. <laughs> I'm, I'm on the fair. edge as it is. <laughs> on the brink. Yeah, so I, I, uh, I recently had a, a baby. I don't know if you're aware of this. Yeah. A second child, uh, Roxy, for anyone who's interested. A little girl called Roxy. He's five weeks old. Um. So it's a bit of a struggle to find time to do this. I just I told Elena I was just popping out for some milk. Um, so I should probably get back fairly soon. Um, yeah, so daily might be ambitious, but we'll we'll do some. This has worked quite well, sort of telling my well, boss. I, oh, right, no. <laughs> telling my boss I, I just needed to go out for a meeting and then just coming here during the working day. Ideally, no one will ever know. <laughs> but yeah, there's no way that she could find out. Well, maybe we just try and do something each weekend. I don't know. Yeah. Something like that. Just a quick, we can do it over a call. A recap. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll do the production meeting off air. We will do, yeah, we'll do something. We will do something. But um, yeah, it's been good. It's been good. been good to be back. It has been good to be back. We'll be back again <laughs> at some say, point. We'll be back. But, well, it's good to be back. <laughs> um, but in the meantime, uh, do get more involved in the World Cricket Show, you know, the, the World Cricket Show cinematic universe on social media, Facebook, Twitter, instagram most of those are at cricket show instagram's at world cricket show because someone had the at cricket show handle and has never posted so that's frustrating uh send us an email world cricket show at gmail.com and rate and review the show tell your friends about the show how about that tell them yeah there's this great podcast released an episode semi-quarterly um, no one else is doing quarterly maybe that is the that's uh, the niche that's the niche yeah, yeah. The, the beach thing didn't really Quart- work right, out they, no we do both combined yeah. quarterly beach <laughs> quarterly beach cricket show well that's that's it really i haven't really got much more to say you all right everything all right your end yeah good thanks i met we had a we had a uh, business meeting the other day yeah we did actually <laughs> yeah, true yeah it was weird wasn't it you uh you, know, you showed me a slide deck yeah i prepared a uh, slideshow for you yeah it seemed all very official. Yeah, we met, yeah. We shook hands at the beginning of the meeting. Adam, <laughs> I said. You said Tony. It was 
It was weird. It was a weird experience. Yeah. But, hey, you know, productive. More, bu- more business to be done. Yes, definitely. <laughs> I look forward to it. Well. You've got my business card now. Yeah, you? exactly. Yeah. Uh, all right. We'll stay in school, everybody. Uh, and we will see you another time. Cheers. I can smell your fear. Ba da da ba 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 da da ba ba.